Well, praise the Lord. Amen. We're glad to be in the house of God this morning. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We do have a lot of folks that are connected. I'm tired of saying this every time, but we need to remember this. We do have a lot of folks connected with the church that are sick. I'm tired of saying it because I'm tired of folks being sick. Amen. Uh, we want to definitely be holding them up to God in prayer. Those that are in-house, you can look around, you can see uh, those that are not here today. Most of those that are not here are out due to some sort of sickness, either in themselves or in their family. So we want to continue to hold them up to God in prayer. If you have a prayer request, let me know by lifting your hand. God knows every need. Let's all stand, those that are able. If you've joined us on live feed and you've got a prayer request, text the keyword prayer to 205 642 8744. We want to partner together in prayer. We do have several urgent needs that's been turned in. Definitely want to be remembering each one of them as well. Amen. Amen. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Fathers, we come to you today again. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this great opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you. Father, today I pray that you'll move and minister in a mighty way in our services today. I pray, Father, that you'll touch our praise team. You'll touch those that are in-house and those that are on live feed. Give us the anointing, that allow the anointing to flow through and minister to the hearts and lives of each one that is here today. And those that have joined us on live feed, Father, I pray that you'll bring a healing touch to those that are sick. Bring encouragement to those where it's needed. And God, I thank you for what you've done in our midst and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Church. We do not sing because we need a warm-up before the sermon. We do not sing because we need time for people to get to their seats. We do not sing because we need entertainment. We've come to the house of God this morning on a rainy a rainy Sunday morning. Sunday morning. We've come to the house of God to sing because we know that God is good. We've come to the house of God to sing praises to His name. Because we know that God is worthy. We sing because it's an act where we declare the glory of God. Because we know the gravity of our sin. And we know the grandeur of His grace. Would you give God a hand clap of praise and let's worship this morning in song. Amen. Glory be. Amen. Let's worship him this morning. Jesus is on the main line, so let's call him up. Let's sing to him this morning. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line, let's call him up. Call him up, call him up, and tell him what you want. Call him up, call him up, and tell him what you want. Call him up, call him up, and tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. If you need salvation, if you need salvation, tell him what you want. If you need salvation, tell him what you want. If you need salvation, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line now. Call him up. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. 
We're here to worship Him. We're here to praise Him. We come into the house of God to praise and worship Him. I know that things are going on. It looks like a gloomy day outside. Bad report from a doctor. Bad this, bad that. But God is still God. Amen. got a hand clap of praise this morning he's worthy of praise he's worthy of honor he's worthy of glory dear heavenly fathers we come to you today again thank you for the blessings that you've given us thank you for another opportunity you've allowed us to come into your house to worship and praise you what an honor and a privilege it is to be in your house to worship you today god i thank you for what you've already done in this service what you're going to continue to do in Jesus' name we pray amen and amen. Would you give God another hand clap of praise as you're being seated this morning? God is good. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much for being with us today in the house of God. Amen. We do have several that are sick connected to the church. Uh, we've asked just like, look, I'm going to tell you all something. I've done this for 10 years. This ain't got nothing to do with any kind of co coronas or anything like that. You run in a fever, you run in the bathroom, you got a runny, uh, productive cough, stay home. <laughs> I've done that for years. I have hands, I've had hand sanitizer in my pocket for years. This ain't got nothing to do with no one-time sickness thing. I'm, I'm all about this, but uh, I had somebody tell me one time, it's about 10 years ago, said, Brother Andy, I need to come to church and, and get you to pray for me. Well, what's going on? They started telling me all their woes, moes, and G.I. Joes. I said, you just stay home. I'll pray for you far, far. Uh, but we, we, do, we do pray for those that are sick. We've got several connected to the church that are sick this morning. Want to continue to be praying for them. Uh, we do, just for, just for your knowledge, we have not stopped. We continue to be uh, spraying and sanitizing, deodorizing, uh, sanctifying, and baptizing the, the pews and everything else want to make sure sickness is not allowed to hang out here amen i pray for that i pray over that bottle of otoban like it's a holy anointing when we spray it okay you're sitting on anointed pews <laughs> but we want to make sure that we're safe and we want to make sure that we stay well but we're glad that you're here today amen We've been talking this, this can y'all believe that the first month of January of 2024 is already gone? Just seems like the other day that we just moved into 2020. Four. It's been a thousand days since 2024 started. Feels like it anyway. But we're here to worship God, amen? These four Sundays that we've had already in 2024... We have been talking about more in 24. I want more of God. I don't care how bad the devil is pushing and how bad the devil is fighting, how bad the devil is attacking, how bad the devil is trying to upset the apple cart. I still want more of God. Amen? 
there ain't a thing he's going to do to stop me from wanting to get more of God. Amen? Amen. That's what we've got to do. And we've got to be dedicated towards that. We've got to be pushing towards that. We cannot give up. We've got to keep pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. We want more of God. Amen? Take a look at this first Bible verse. The very first verse is out of the book of Romans. I don't have that one on my notes. You'll have, there it is. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans chapter 8 and 29. Look at what it says one more time. People misquote this verse often. You need to understand what this verse is talking about. You need to understand what the verse is saying. He says this, For those whom he foreknew, I thought it was going to rain today. But we live in the state of Alabama. It could have rained, it could have snowed, and it could have been sunshiny. I didn't know what it was going to do until I got up this morning. Why? Because the weather's going to change in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye in Alabama. Amen? Amen? Does anybody remember several, several years ago? They said, oh, it'll be just about, it'll be just about a half an inch of snow. It'll be all right. It's going to be a dusting. It's going to be just real, real small. Real, real small. People were stuck on the interstate because they couldn't move. Why? Because it was more than a dusting. We don't know what the weather's going to do until it really happens. We have a thought process. We have a, an assumption. We have an estimated thought of what it's going to do. But we really don't know until it really takes place. Amen? People have heard, yes, Nick Saban retired. Rick and Bubba retired. They've been doing, they've been doing radio show. How long was they doing that, Sister Carrie? Was it 20 years? 30 years? Rick and Bubba have been doing that show for 30 years, and they've retired. Somebody said James Spann's fixing to retire. I don't know. Don't know. I know what his, I know, I know what his, his, some of his folks have said. He ain't retiring. He ain't retiring. He ain't retiring. We don't know. We don't really know. But you know what? James Spans can retire, and God's still God. Nick Samad retired. God is still God. Amen? Rick and Bubba retired. God is still God. Joe Biden is president, and God is still God. Amen? No matter what takes place, no matter what happens, God still foreknew what was going to take place and what's going to happen. Amen? I had a gentleman at this church about seven years ago, came to me and said, Brother Andy, I lost my job this past Friday. Didn't know it was going to happen. I worked my eight hours. I was at about seven hours, seven and a half hours. My boss man came in. He said, on your last 30 minutes, I need you to pack up your, your desk. You're no longer needed at this job. He looked at me and said, is this a joke? He said, nope, this is not a joke. Effective 30 minutes from now, you are terminated. He said, are you kidding me? This cannot be taking place. He said, I just got a great, outstanding evaluation. He said, I know. He said, two weeks ago, y'all just gave me a raise. He said, I know. What has happened? We no longer need you at this job, at this, at this company. We no longer need you here. That caught him by surprise. That man, he packed up his, his desk. He walked out the back door. He didn't tell any of his friends at the job. He didn't tell nobody. He said, I have no idea what's happened. On that Saturday morning, the next Saturday morning, he called me and he said, can I meet you at the church? I did. 
We came here. We sat right there on this front row. He said, Brother Andy, I have no idea what's going on. He said, I just got fired yesterday. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no. Outstanding job reviews, all of these things. He said, I had no idea this was going to take place. Had no idea this was going to happen. You know what I told him? I said, God knew. God knew. He said, yeah, but I, my God may have known, but he could have told me. Do you know what happened? Within one week, that man had a better job, a higher-paying job. Everything worked out great. Everything worked out wonderful. You know why? Because God foreknew what was going to happen and what was going to take place. I can't tell you why things happen. I can tell you, all I can tell you is this. It rains on the just and the unjust the same. But do you know what I do, do know? That because I'm a child of God, I know that when things happen, when bad things take place, when things upset my apple cart, God still knows. God still foreknows. And He still is going to predestine us to be in the image of His Son. I am still a child of God. And we've got to realize that and we've got to understand over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about several aspects. And last Sunday, we started talking about this thought process on the mystery of human life. We started talking about, on the mystery of human life, we started talking about God's full plan of salvation. Jesus was not sent into this world to bring a healing to our body. Jesus was not sent into this world to raise the sick. God, Jesus was not sent into this world to cause a limb to be restored. Jesus came to bring a better plan of salvation for you and I. Did you know, do you know, want to know the mystery of human life? The mystery of human life is God's plan for salvation for you and I. That is what we've got to hold on. That's what we've got to realize in our lives. God has a plan for our lives. What we've got to do is we've got to trust in the mighty hand of the Father and know that God is going to take care of you and I. After that regeneration, after the plan of salvation, God begins a lifelong process of spreading himself into the life of believers, into our soul, into our spirit. God wants us to have a relationship with him. When we start backing away from a relationship with him, things will start getting upset in our, in our lives. Things start happening. Things start to take place. When we back off from God, things start to happen. But we must understand that Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what, is the, what the will of the Lord is. I can't tell you what God's plan is, but I do know that God holds a plan for our lives and God knows what's right around the corner. I can't give up. I can't turn around. I've got to hold on to the hand of God and i got to keep pressing forward. Why? Because God is still in charge. Amen. God has a plan for our lives. Now there's a process in our lives that we've got to understand and it's called transformation. There's a process in our lives as a part of this plan of salvation. There's a part of this plan of salvation for our lives and it's called transformation. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And I'm going to tell you something. This is probably one of my favorite verses in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Nobody got it. You'll get it at 2 o'clock in the morning. Don't call me when you get it. This is my favorite verse in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. This is my favorite verse in that part. Two got it that time. I know. Does that go with my database? Okay. What we've got, 
My daughter just crawled under the pew or under the bench of the desk back there. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Listen, church. I cannot be like the world. I cannot do the things of the world. I cannot have worry and anxiety and depression like this world. I cannot go through the things that this world goes through. I need to be different. Did I say that we're that as a child of God, I, there's things not going to happen that's going to be upsetting and worrisome in our lives? No, I didn't say that. But what I have is something different. I can take whatever the need is, and I can lay it down at the foot of the cross. Why? Because I am not conformed to the things that this world does. I do not have to do the things this world does. I can be different. I am a changed individual. I'm a child of God. I am part of the priesthood of God. I need to act different than this world does amen do not be conformed to this world but be transformed I have got to be different than I once was I've got to be transformed by the renewal of my mind do you know where the devil likes to play around at do you know where he likes to attack then the battlefield of the mind do you know why because if he can get your mind upset if he can get your mind off on something else he can get your mind distracted everything else falls into his plan Back in the book of Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, we find where Adam and Eve was walking in the midst of the garden. And God had told Adam and Eve, or excuse me, God had told Adam, he said, of everything that's in the garden, you can have at it. You can take a hold of all of this. You can, you can eat. You can eat the apples, the oranges, the bananas. You can all do all. You can eat the grapefruits. I'm so glad for the grapefruits. I like grapefruits. Cut that grapefruit in half, salt that thing. Yum. Yummy. Great. Wonderful. Live feed. This whole congregation's arguing with me on this. Live feed, is there somebody that likes grapefruit? Please text me. See, I got a couple in here, thank goodness. But you know, y'all need to be transformed. But God told Adam, there was one tree in the midst of the garden. No, no, thou shalt not. In the cool of the day, Eve was walking around in the garden. The serpent said, hey, don't you think this one over here looks pretty? You know what happened? The serpent got in the midst of the mindset. The serpent got in the midst of the mindset. Do you know what happens when in the mindset? God, the devil can bring depression. The devil can bring anxiety. The devil can bring an, a panic attack. The devil can bring worrisome. The devil can bring things. Oh, they don't like me. They, they don't like me. They hate me. They're against me. They're all against me. You see all them folks. You see what I'm saying here? The devil can do things in the battle of the mind. But what we've got to do is we've got to be transformed by the renewal of Romans 12 and 2. We've got to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It requires human cooperation. The, the God we serve is not going to make you do something that you don't want to do. God is not going to make you do something you do not want to do. 
I want to serve God. The debt got the God, the God I serve is not going to make you do something you don't want to do. I want to serve God. Are y'all understanding what we're saying here? You've got to have a want to. My doctor told me, y'all, this this literally happened. This was this is about 12, 13 years ago. Ask Sister Carrie if this didn't happen. Go to the doctor. I'm expecting a clean bill of health. Go to the doctor. Doctor said, you got high cholesterol. I said, high what? High cholesterol. I said, I can't have high cholesterol. Twelve years ago, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I can't have that. that. That's for somebody in their 70s and 80s. That ain't for me. He said, you got high cholesterol. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take this prescription. I'm going to send a prescription in to the pharmacy. And I want, this is the diet I want you to do. I want you, he gave me a sheet of paper. Looked like it had been, been run off on a Xerox machine about 5,476 times. It was distorted. It looked ugly. That piece of paper looked ugly, and so did the diet. We went out to eat. I hadn't even, I, at that time, I had not even filled the prescription. We went out to eat, went to Betty's Barbecue. We walked in there, and I told them I wanted a fried chicken, uh, fried chicken finger salad. My wife spoke up and said, make that grilled. I said, nope. Do you know who the waitress listened to? Not me. That narrows it down for you. They brought me that fry, that grilled, I'm still saying fry, that grilled chicken finger salad. I choked that thing down. I said, I said, whenever that farm that prescription's filled at the pharmacy, I'm gonna go get that thing filled and I'm gonna eat what I wanna eat and I'll take that pill. That's the only pill I gotta take is I'm gonna take that cholesterol. Do you know they never did fill that blooming prescription at the pharmacy? I had to go back in 30 days. The only, the only meal that I ate on that diet was that one that somebody told them grilled. I walked back in there. That I, I'm, I'm proving something. I want you to hear me. I walked back in there. They drew my blood. I go to the doctor the next day. That doctor looked at me and said, perfect scores, perfect numbers. I said, excuse me? Perfect. Everything's good. You stay on the medication you're taking. You stay on the diet you're taking that you're on, and everything's going to work perfect. I said, yes, sir. Got up walked out. Did it not happen? I didn't want to change my diet. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do. No, I didn't want to eat that stuff. I didn't want to eat nothing different. I wanted the stuff that is good, that tastes good, that might not be good for you. I wanted what I wanted. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? You're not going to change something unless you want to change. Do, are y'all hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're not going to change unless you want to make a change. You're not going to do what God's called you to do unless you want to do it. I've had people in, in, in 29 years of ministry, I've had people come to me in all ages, male, female, young, old, 
all social backgrounds, everything. I've had all of these things. And they'll come to me and they'll say, Brother Andy, I want to do fill-in-the-blank ministry. I'll never forget it. We had one lady wanted to do a certain ministry. We turned it over to her. Within three weeks, she no longer was doing it. God's called me to something else. Man, I didn't know God changed his mind so many times. What we've got to understand and realize is that when God's called us to something, you're going to dig into it. Hello? You're going to do that thing God's called you to do. You're going to go the direction God's called you to go. You're going to push forward to that. Why? Because, and I'm going to prove this here, here in just a little bit. I'm going to prove this because, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I am a child of God. There's a reason why I'm doing this. I want you all to really follow with me. All of this requires human cooperation. We have to want to. Amen? Amen? Come on. Ladies, if you want your husband not to take his dirty socks and leave them in the living room and you continuously tell him, does that mean he's going to change? He's going to change when he wants to do different. Do you know how I know that? I know that's comical, but listen up. It requires human cooperation. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Brother, ain't none of this is scriptural. Oh, yes, it is. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you, as you have always obeyed. Do you find that? Do you find here where God twisted the arm and pointed a gun at this person to make them obey? No. They have always obeyed. So now not only now not only as in my present, but much more in my absent, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm going to tell you something. What God has convicted you of may not be what God's convicted somebody else of, but you've got to change. Why? According to the Word of God. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. Before anybody runs with this thing and says, Whoop, I don't feel convicted of murder. Guess what? That is against the Word of God. Hello? I'm going to use the example. There's a pastor friend of mine. He has already died and gone on to glory. He told me that whenever God saved him and God called him in the ministry, God convicted him of wearing a watch. Now, I don't have a watch on. I hadn't wore a watch in about, about uh, who? Oh, Lord have mercy. Five months now. It's been a long time. My watch has got a crack on the screen, and I just, I can do without it. It'll be all right. I don't need to know what time it is. I can preach to 1 o'clock. Nobody will know the difference. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who brought lunch today? I'm sorry. What we've got to understand is this pastor friend of mine, he told me, he said, God convicted him of wearing a watch. Can somebody tell me in the word of God where it's wrong to wear a watch? But God had convicted him of wearing his watch. God convicted him of this. Why? Because in his mindset and in his life, in his heart, he wore that watch to show as a sign of status. That was his words, not mine. He wanted people to see it. He wanted it to be gaudy. He wanted it to be big. He wanted it to be toward that everybody seen it. He wanted it to be toward that people would think something more of him than they ought to. He wanted things. 
being thought about him. But the moment that God saved him, the moment God called him in the ministry, he took that watch off, laid it on the nightstand, and he never put it back on. Why? God convicted him on that. What we've got to realize and understand is there are things in your life God's going to convict you of, and you need to follow after what God has called into your life. Amen? Who's with me? Who's mad yet? Put your hands down. Come on. What we've got to realize and understand is there are things that takes human cooperation and the believer has got to cooperate by allowing God to change our desires, our thoughts, our decisions into where they line up with Christ. Philippians chapter 3 verse 21. Who will transform our lowly bodies to be like His glorious body. We need a transformation in our lives. We cannot be the same as we was even yesterday. We've got to change. Amen? We've got to be different. We've got to be unique. We've got something has got to change in our life. Why? Because the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation covers the whole body, spirit, and soul of man. The mystery of human life can only be discovered by following God's plan of salvation until the end. We cannot get saved when we're six years old and expect to do nothing different in our lives when we're 99 and expect God to take us to glory. Do y'all hear me? We have got to do things every day to get closer to God. We've got to, do, we've got to allow God to work in our lives every day. Amen? Does anybody remember the scripture where it says, I take up my cross daily. This is not a one and done. This is a continuation process. There's an assurance of salvation, though, in our lives. There's an assurance of salvation without the real assurance, assurance of salvation as a solid foundation. It is difficult for a Christian to grow and experience a deeper walk with God. As a Christian... The biggest lesson that we need to learn, the biggest lesson that we need to follow, the biggest thing that we need in our lives is to learn to trust in God. The biggest thing that we've got to do in our lives is learn to trust in God. Amen? This gentleman that came to me about seven years ago here at this church, he came to me and he he had gotten fired out of the blue. You know what I told him? I said, we have to learn to trust in God. He trusted in God. He didn't try to panic over it. He never even filled out a a job application. Someone called him out of the blue, did not know he got fired, and said, hey, are you still happy at your current employment? His response was no. You know why he wasn't happy? He didn't have a job. He said no. He never told that person he was fired. He said, no, I'm not happy. They said, come work for us. I'll give you $5 more an hour than what you're making right now. Y'all hear what I'm saying? What we've got to realize and understand is we've got to trust in God. No matter what's going on, no matter what's taking place, the biggest lesson that we can learn as a Christian is we've got to learn to trust in God. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 10 years, 10 minutes, or 30 years. You've got to learn to trust in God. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. I write these things to you to who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know 
that you have eternal life. I want you to look at this verse. I write these things to you, to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may what? That you may what? That you may what? No. I know it's raining outside. Not because I feel it on my bald head. Not because I'm walking in the water. I know it's raining outside because I can look and see the rain. Right? How many of you can look outside those windows right there and see the rain coming down? We know it's raining. Why? Because I can look and I can see it's raining. I can look and I can see it's wet outside. I know it's raining. Watch this. This verse does not say that you may think. It does not say that you may hope. But the verse says that you may know. I know I have, I have salvation. Why? Because I am a child of God. Do you know why I know that? Because God says so. I've had little kids over the years. They'll come up to me and they'll tell me something, some outlandish little story. And I'll say, who told you that? Mama, grandmama, or even at this church, David. They believe. Why? Because they got faith that that person that's telling them that story is telling them the truth. They believe in that unicorn. They believe in whatever it may be. Amelia has come up and told me it's some outlandish story before, and she said, because David said so. And I've looked at her and said, well, if David said so, she'll also come up to you the next service, and she'll say, She'll say, who's teaching my class? And I'll tell her, I'll tell her Sister Stephanie and Brother David, uh-uh. I say, why? Because David kicked me. I said, David kicked you? Uh-huh. I don't really believe that. Cade says so. What, we, what we've got to realize and understand, why is it, think about this, why is it that these little kids will believe what mamas, what daddies, what grandparents, or what David tells them? Why do they believe those things? Because they have that childlike faith. They believe it because they don't have Doubt. What do what do, what do we what do we as adult as adults have? Doubt. I doubt David has kicked one of those kids. Now, do I have a belief that David probably might needed to? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, come on. What we've got to realize and understand: doubt is an adult issue. Amen? 
Come on, don't look at me like I'm crazy. Y'all know it. Don't doubt me. You doubt I'm telling the truth. It's the truth. Kids have a childlike faith. We have got to have that childlike faith. Whatever, while man's word is untrustworthy, God's word remains sure, true, and steadfast. It is impossible for God to lie. However, man may deceive, but whatever God says, we need to stand firm on his word. Psalms 119 and 89 tells us forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. God's word is not a matter of conjecture. God's word is not a matter of reading between the lines. God's word is not a matter of reading more into it than what is said. God's word, the Bible, the Holy Bible has been inspired by God. We can take God at His word. We can believe His word. We can trust His word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, All scripture has been breathed by God. We need to take God at His word. What does His word say about salvation? Nothing is said in His word about jumping through hoops. About salvation, nothing is said in his word about dancing, swinging from the chandeliers, being baptized in water. Neither does it say you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. None of that is said that you have to have those things in order to be saved. But the word of God only says there is one way to salvation. And that is through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him... John chapter 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts chapter 10 and 43. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness for sins. Acts for their sins. Acts chapter 16 and 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. You and your household. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you will be saved. All we've got to do is trust in Him. We ask Him. Save me from my sins. I believe in His Word. I can be saved. Amen? Nowhere in the Scripture does it say jump through hoops, swing from the chandeliers. I've had some folks that say unless you be baptized in water, you can't be saved. You show me in Scripture and I'll believe you. It ain't there. What we must realize and understand is the Word of God. I, look. Do not think that I'm, I'm saying that you don't need to be baptized in water. I believe in baptism in water. Amen? I believe in that. But I also know that the person that's laying on their deathbed that gives a dying bed confession unto God and says, God, I am a sinner. I need to be saved by the grace of God. The very next breath, I believe if they are truly and have the intent of the heart that they are truly asking God to save them, I believe their next breath is going to be in glory. If Osama bin Laden, are you hearing me? If Osama bin Laden would have asked forgiveness, do y'all hear what I'm saying? If someone as evil as that, that God could save them. I'm going to tell you something. You've not done something so far that God can't save you. You've not gone so far that God can't save you. Your next door neighbor is evil as they are at you. 
because they won't cut their bushes back so far because they messed up your your perfect, precious rose bushes. If your next neighbor is evil to you, guess what? They still can be saved, and so can you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit bears witness. There's several things that I could say into this, and I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to pick back up next week, but I want to show you something because I told you there is something to this. I am a child of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness to that effect. The Holy Spirit bears witness to that witness into your life. Amen? The Holy Spirit bears witness in your lives. I want you to, I want you to understand something. If you have doubt, I told you that doubt is an adult problem, right? I told you that, right? How many doubts me? Don't raise your hand. Let me prove my point. (laughs) If you doubt that you are saved, there's a simple little experiment. I'm going to tell you something. The devil's going to do everything he can to tear you down. You get saved. I tell Christians all the time when they get saved, I hear, I hear, I hear, I've heard this, I've heard this out of evangelists, I've heard this out of preachers, I've heard this out of pastors, I've heard this out of Sunday school teachers, I've heard this out of the little great saint of God that's been sitting on the, on that pew ever since the doors opened and they get down on an altar and pray for somebody and I've heard them say this. I've heard it, I've heard it said by all sorts of people. Ooh, once you get saved, everything's great and wonderful. Quit lying to them folks. You get saved, things are now getting tough. Things are now getting rough. Why? Because the devil don't like you. The devil's going to do everything he can to upset your apple cart. The devil's going to do everything he can to cause you to doubt your salvation. I'm telling you straightforward, this is the truth. The devil's going to do all he can. If you doubt your salvation, I'm going to tell you, first thing I'm going to tell you you need to do is get back to an altar and get a hold of God one more time. Why? I'm already saved. Well, what's it going to hurt? If you're truly saved and you got back in the altar and you asked God to forgive you of your sins, what's it really going to hurt? It ain't going to do nothing wrong. But if you really ain't saved, guess what? You'll hear what I'm saying. But if you're saved, there's a simple little experiment that you can try. There's a simple experiment that you can try. You declare this boldly, out loud. Shout it to the top of your lungs like it's your favorite baseball or football or basketball game. You're cheering on your child or a friend as they make the winning point for the game. You're going to be screaming to the top of your lungs, amen? You're going to be shouting it from the rooftop. You will find it very difficult to even whisper This experiment, if you don't believe you're saved, you shout out, quote, don't don't anybody do this, you shout out, quote, I am not a child of God. If you do that, there's going to be a tug. Even though it's in my notes and I know I'm going to say it, I still didn't want to say it. Why? Because I know it's a falsehood. I know it's not true. There's something in the back of your mind. There's something that's going to be there that's going to cause you to question that statement. I hear people often. I hear people often. Somebody will say, 
you ain't right. If you don't straighten out, you're going to go to hell. And then I'll hear that person they're talking to, they'll say, I've already got my appointment made. How dare them? Do they not realize what they've done with their soul, with their life? And they say it so casually and like it's no big deal. And everything's all great and wonderful and everything's fine with their life. But I'm going to tell you something. As a child of God, the Holy Spirit within you will bear witness to what you say. To your actions, to your attitudes, to the way you conduct your life. The Holy Spirit inside of you is going to bear witness. You take this experiment one step further. This is the part I want you to do. If you're a child of God and you know you're a child of God, you can shout it from the rooftop and you can tell the devil when he's coming at you and he's trying to tear you down. He's trying to mess you with your mindset. He's trying to tug at those heartstrings. He's trying to make you turn this direction or that direction. He's trying to do things to mess with your mind. You can look the devil eyeball to eyeball and say, Devil, get thee behind me. Why? Because I am a child of God. God, the devil will understand. The devil will quake and tremble. Why? Because you're a child of God. You've got to remember something. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. All of this, if you don't remember anything else from this, this, this morning's message, you need to remember this. Bad things happen, but I'm still a child of God. Things turn upside down. Things go which, all which, which direction. It even messes up your words where you can't say the words right. <laughs> but guess what? I'm still a child of God. Amen? Would you stand all over this house? All across this nation. I have pastor friends all across the state of Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana. I have, I have pastor friends different places. Everyone tells me the same thing. Things are happening in the church world. Things are happening to the church community. Things are going upside down. Had a pastor friend of mine told me about three months ago, he says, I have no idea what's gotten into, into some of the volunteers and staff at my church. He's at, a, he's at a large church. They run almost 1,000. He said, I have no idea what's happening to some of these folks. They've gone crazy. I'm going to tell you something, church. Things are happening all over this world in the church world. The devil knows time is getting short. We have got to stand on the word of God. So much sickness over the last several years, and it has nothing to do with COVID. We thought COVID brought sickness. COVID didn't do jack compared to the sickness that's going on right now. The sickness that's going across this nation, that's going around the church world, it's going through the church community, has been so rampant. It just seems like every time you turn around, somebody else is sick. 
and it's something unusual, it's something strange, it's something di- different, it's something weird. There's so much that's happening. We're getting into the last days. We're in the last moments. We're in the last hours. We're in the last minutes. The trumpet's fixing to sound. We need to make sure we're ready. Live feed, thank you so much for being with us. Join us back Wednesday at 630 for Bible study. May God bless you. Amen.